and welcome to Pretty Good Business. Our guest today is Fran Casaldelli, founder of EarthBits. In this episode, we talk about shifting to a sustainable lifestyle, believing in your business, and the importance of making mistakes. Hi, Fran. How are you? I'm great. Hi. Lovely to be here. Lovely to have you here today. You have a great shop, which is all plastic-free, which is called EarthBits. So can you tell us more about the shop? So EarthBits is, uh, as you said, is a plastic-free and um, low-waste shop. And the idea behind this is uh, to provide essentials. Every day is essential for, for whatever someone might need that can substitute products packaged in plastic. So from deodorants to uh, toothpaste to uh, cleaning products, you name it, we've got it. And the the idea behind it is to offer products that are sustainable, not, not just in the packaging, but throughout the way they are made. So uh, our the whole supply chain um, has this sustainability idea behind it. So from the from the second we start making a product or we start sourcing a product, to the moment uh, a customer receives it, it has sustainability in mind. Amazing. So um, when did you start the this business? So officially, Earthbits was uh, launched in uh, 2019. So we are fairly fairly uh, young. Um, but the idea behind it has been brewing for quite some time. Um, this is actually not my first uh, business. Um, and uh, it's, we, I used to work together with my husband, uh, who is also my partner in crime uh, with, the, with Earthbit, um, on, on another online business which sold travel accessories. And that was kind of the catalyst that kick-started um, our new project. Because you kind of realized how much waste there was in, in yeah, the business. Yes, totally. And also one of the products was actually uh, made with microfiber, which when we started selling these products, we, we, we weren't aware of how damaging this material can be. And then when we embarked on our journey, our personal journey of learning more about what sustainability is, what makes products sustainable, um, we just realized how damaging uh, microfiber can be for the environment. And that was really a moment of revelation for me. Um, and I had to I had to decide if I wanted to continue with a business that I thought was really damaging and was not really doing anything good for for the planet and for people or or just change and that's that's all we did mm-hmm. so you change your lifestyle and you change your business completely yes it was mm-hmm. uh, it was a very interesting process and an interesting journey because uh, it, it just went from you know trying to learn more about sustainability and trying to learn more about plastic pollution and then applying it as much as we could uh, to our personal life and the more we we made changes the more we wanted to make more changes and um and that's been our journey since then and it's um we always say it's a race it's not uh, it's a marathon sorry it's mm-hmm. not a race and uh, we are we are far away from being perfect uh, mm-hmm. we always say we're plastic free but um that that's that's not entirely true because plastic is so ubiquitous it's absolutely everywhere in life and Mm -hmm. it's really difficult to escape it Uh, but the the idea is that we 
we try to do as much as we can to avoid single-use plastic and also to, you know, avoid buying new plastic. So mm-hmm. we use whatever we have in the house. We don't throw it away just to substitute it with cooler, eco-friendly products. If I have mm-hmm. a plastic mop, I'll still use it until it's yeah. completely unusable. And this is all part of what sustainability is about. It's about avoiding waste, uh, avoiding um throwing away things that are completely usable and functionable uh, so yeah there's a lot to it that other than just substituting everything you have in your house with a plastic yeah. free option absolutely and as you said it plastic is really everywhere and we I don't think we realize how like how much we have it ev- in everything we use like as you was you were saying with the microfiber cloth for example I'm pretty sure that every single woman has a microfiber cloth in her beauty cabinet. Yeah, it's 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 very difficult to escape plastic. And plastic is in things that we don't even realize. I mean, I'm sure now a lot of people may have read reports of tea bags that are made using plastic glues. Mm. But plastic is literally everywhere in books. Book covers are very, very often made with plastic. So it's or book bindings are, are made with plastic so it's it's so difficult to escape it the idea is that there's a lot of products now that come without that need of plastic packaging and uh, and that's i think where the big change or the big shift can be made what was the most difficult change that you personally had to make when you realized i think i think food mm. was was difficult because we obviously buy a lot from uh, farmer markets or we go to our local shops and we buy in bulk uh, but food packaging is is very uh, very mm. tricky because uh, I love berries I, I absolutely love blueberries and raspberries and and it's nearly impossible to find mm. them without plastic packaging so I I always think that perfection is um is very demotivating because if someone wants to live completely plastic free um it can feel like a very daunting task and um and and i feel it can be very demotivating so sometimes when i really need you know to have my my berries i'll just say well you know this month i can treat myself and that's my special treat and that also helps me to just do my best on other things so it's all about doing our best and and making uh, as many changes as we can according to our financial means or our situation we're all at different places in our lives and um, as long as we're trying our best I think that's what matters absolutely and I think that where we live really should come into you know consideration when it's really easy to judge when, you know, when I used to live in London, everything was simple. Like you could find basically everything if you kind of like tried, you know, hard enough. But I imagine that in other places in the UK as, and in other places, you know, around the world, they are smaller, they are, you know, farther from maybe you don't have a farmer market next to you. And if you have to go to the supermarket, everything is covered in plastic, unfortunately. Yeah. I know. And I think that's why it's it's so important to be kind to each other mm-hmm. and, and to ourselves as well. We we sometimes are destined to make 
you know, uh, choices that are not that are not a hundred percent sustainable, and that's okay. That is fine as long as we keep trying um, and we keep improving. And I think that that's really what makes the difference in the long run. I know it's it's a very common quote in the zero waste world, but it's the world needs a lot of people doing um, practicing sustainability imperfectly yeah. rather than just a bunch of people doing everything right. So. We need the world to make little changes, even just, I always say, if if everybody in the world just switched to wooden or bamboo toothbrushes tomorrow, if yeah. that was the only change that we could all do, the result would be astonishing. Absolutely. Um, and that's just one little thing. So, uh, and, and that's also something that we apply in, in our business because, I think there's, you know, what really matters is to get as many people on board as possible. And if that means just making them make one change in their lifestyle or one change at a time, uh, one change a month, that's that's a win for me. Because in the long run, it's all about how many people we can get to embrace uh, these new changes. Yeah, absolutely. So... Of course, it was. I, I gathered it was kind of a process, but what pushed you really to start the business? Well, I've always been very interested in uh, environmental issues. Um, I've been uh, a vegetarian for for years now, and it, so I've always been a very keen recycler. Um, but I think what really made it, you know, the the, the revelation, uh, the eureka moment for me, was uh, was reading an article. Uh, one day, and it was a few years ago, uh, where it said that the majority of of all the plastic in the world is actually not recycled. I think it's the the, the number at the time that was years ago, but that was nine percent uh, of the plastic that goes in the recycling bin is actually recycled. The rest goes to landfill, and that was um, that was a scary number (laughs) to read Um, because I just looked around in my house and I just saw all the things that you know I had around like half of my kitchen was made of plastic products from food packaging to cleaning products to sponges um, gloves uh, cleaning gloves and so the idea that the, the, the great majority of, of, of all these things which just end up in, in, in a landfill really terrified me to the core. Uh, not just me, but also I have now two daughters and the idea of you know the future that we are going to leave our children or our grandchildren is, is a daunting uh, thought. And, and I just decided that I couldn't, I couldn't just sit there and, and just hope for the best. I had to be if if I couldn't be part of the solution, at least I didn't want to be part of the problem, uh, and that's uh, when Earthbits uh, was born, really. So, how was the process like? Where did you start from? I think we uh, we started from our personal journey. So, products that we had we had changed uh, ourselves. So, we, we we started using a lot of um, a lot of essentials that we're not pl- we're not uh, packaged in plastic or they were made from local uh, makers and so we started looking at what we had changed in our home from 
uh, deodorants that came in carbo tubes um, and they were vegan to a natural toothpaste that came in uh, glass jars to wax wraps instead of cling film and we thought you know we did all this research and we were buying it from all these different sources and we decided why why not try and create um, a single point of kind of like a single uh, place where people can just go and find everything they need rather than keep searching the net to find uh, all these things in different places and and that's uh, that's how it started really mm. so you have loads of products now on, on the yes website. <laughs> how do you choose them well the idea is that if we haven't tried it tried them and tested them then we don't stock them so that's one of the first requirements we we usually test all the products that we stock because we want to believe in them first believe that they that they need to work for us because we always think if it works for us then then it might work for other people that are like-minded and then the second thing is that if it's not reusable recyclable or compostable then then we we don't stock it so that must take quite a long time yes it, it's a lot of research involved but i think this is this is part of our ethos so we want to be true to to our values and really walk the talk in a way if we don't believe in a product if we don't believe in a supplier then we can't sell that product as truly eco-friendly um, and so there's a lot of research that comes with that responsibility mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so do you usually like how many products do you introduce to you to the shop every I don't know if it's every month every year how does the process work I think it I think it really depends we are now at a point where we are introducing a lot of products on a monthly basis so it used to be maybe two three four uh, but now we are we are launching for example a new cleaning collection uh, that is coming soon um, and that will have around 20 to 25 new products which we're super excited about and then there's a lot of new projects uh, in the pipeline but I think it's when we see something and we like it and it works for us and we think that it can really make a change in other people's lives uh, then uh, we just go for it so it's not we don't really have a, a fixed number per month it's just if a product resonates with us then then we want to have it. Mm. So you started in 2019. Have you seen a difference in consumer behavior since then? Yes, I think the pandemic had a big role in um, in our growth, first of all. Um, that That's one reason is because the nature of our business is uh, online. So because of a lot of shops being shut down during the first lockdown and then subsequently uh, during the second one, a lot of people started buying online. But I, I think there was also a shift in uh, consumers' behavior when it came to the type of product they were choosing. I think this global crisis has, has made people very aware of what they what they put in their bodies, um, what what type of products they choose and and there's this kind of realization that we all have um, a very deep effect on the world around us and the environment we live in and if we thought before that we could take that for granted 
we knew we couldn't take it for granted but that that was kind of this the status quo uh we just kept buying the same things and uh you know traveling uh without thinking of the consequences and you know all these choices that do have an effect on the environment i think the global crisis as uh, you know that th- that we've had for the past year has taught us that really nature can actually stop everything that we do as human beings mm-hmm. as as it's happened and we have to be very careful of this fragile balance that exists in the world and you know that connects us to the natural world and um, we just can't ignore that there is an issue uh, there is an environmental crisis and uh, and we have to start doing something about it mm. so i think a lot of people have have started being more and more aware of the importance of making better choices and we have seen our business grow exponentially since uh, since last year mm. how do you see the the future of your company after hopefully when covid <laughs> is over and we can forget about it well i think things are going to stay and and keep changing but i i can't see people going back to the to the the way things were mm. at least not completely because i think we've learned a lot of people have learned that the way things were was not great and it was probably not sustainable in the long run and also i think once people realize that there's better options out there it's is very motivating to still living your life and using the products you love but also being aware that you're actually choosing something good that is not just good for the planet but it's good for local economies and small businesses rather than funding multinationals so there's a lot of awareness that i think will 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 and i hope will uh, will remain even after the uh, pandemic is over mm, yeah definitely and also i think once you get used to by you know the essential stuff online i actually can't really imagine not going back to the usual you know routine of going to the supermarket and stock up in like essentials i can't yeah i th- i think it's like when you create a, a habit mm. then it just becomes the new norm and um i feel like we have now so many recurring customers who just buy monthly their deodorants yeah. or creams from us and that's their new their new choice and and i i'm so excited about this because obviously we want to get as many people involved as mm. possible but it just becomes a habit and uh, you don't look back yeah absolutely so what did you learn during the process of building your business as a sustainable business well it's uh we learned a lot we learned that um i think the the, the main thing for me was to become very humble <laughs> when it comes to um believing in your idea because even though it's great uh, i love the idea it's a sustainable business it still has to be run like a business mm. and so it has all the challenges and all the risks and all the difficulties of any business uh, just because it's um it's something that you truly believe in doesn't mean that it's going to be easy to uh, to run it and so yeah it came with the humility of truly believing in um, in what we are doing but also not becoming too attached emotionally to things in the sense that sometimes 
especially at the beginning, I just thought these works for me and everybody will love it. Mm. And that's not always the case. Uh, we are different. And sometimes I remember there's a product that we had to just you know, we had to completely redesign because the people didn't like it the way it was. And and it was hard to accept it as, you know, as, as something that I spent a lot of time thinking about and, and designing myself. And then it didn't work. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult to let go. But I think there is a difference between being proud and uh, to really believe in what you're doing and having a clear value that leads everything you do as a company to becoming too emotionally attached to an idea or to a project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it doesn't work, then you have to be able to move on and, and change it or do it better and listen to feedback because um, especially customers feedback, because that's a way to, to, to keep growing and to keep uh, making things better. Mm-hmm. So what is the most amazing product that you came across in starting the business? Oh gosh, <laughs> how long have we got? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't, there's so many because we have, the thing is we have such a big range of products going from, you know, really cleaning mm. to now we have greeting, like one of my favorites is that we now stock greeting cards uh, that are made with recycled paper, but they have uh, flower seeds mm. embedded in them and you can actually plant them so you can send a card a greeting card for christmas or easter we have different designs and in, most people they love receiving cards but we all we all know that they'll usually end up in the recycling bin after if not straight away after a few months yeah. uh, we'll just they'll have to be recycled and even though recycling is great recycling should always be our last step in the sustainability journey there's so many things that we should do before you know using the recycling bin and definitely repurposing things or repurposing products mm. is is definitely a lot a lot better than putting it in the compost bin so these cards can actually be planted uh, yeah planted so they 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 uh, the amazing thing is that all these seeds are uh, carefully selected uh, to be bee and butterfly friendly um, so all these things are great, great pollinate, all these animals are great pollinators and they're at huge risk at the moment. And so just a simple thing of sending a card to a loved one can actually also turn into flowers that will in turn um, help bees prosper and, uh, and, you know, pollinate more flowers and, and, it's a and so gift. forth. It's a it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because cards are such a British uh, kind of tradition. Um, me not being British, and <laughs> I guess me you neither. neither. <laughs> <You> know? <Yeah. laughs> At first, I was a bit like, that's really like, you know, it's just such a waste. Why do you do this? Even though I understand that it's nice to get a card, don't get me wrong. But it's not something that we do as much in other no. countries. And I usually, I'm going to be honest, I throw them away <laughs> the second day <laughs> because it's just that I don't like having stuff around. Uh, but I got one of the the one with the seed for my wedding two years ago. And actually, I still have that one because, first of all, it's a lot prettier than usual cards. And it's just such a nice thought that you're going to, you know, you can reuse it and you have some something else afterwards. So... Definitely, I think that's such a great idea. 
Yeah, so and I think that's that's my top among my top ten products. Mm. There's a lot. I mean, we another one is probably sponges that are made with wood pulp, so oh. they can be completely composted at the end of life. So they they actually use wood fibers instead of plastic, um, and they they work amazingly. So th- there's a lot. Uh, there's there's so many. <laughs> that's such an interesting material, isn't it? Because on the first episode of this podcast, I interviewed um, Isabel Agard, is the founder of uh, Last Object, and they have rounds, cotton rounds for this, you know, makeup rounds kind of mm. thing. They are made of wood pulp, and I don't think I have I heard of that before. She told me, and I just think it's such an incredible thing. The many things you can do with trees is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. Mother Nature is amazing. Crazy. Is there an achievement that you're very proud of, particularly proud of? Yes, I think I always thought that in life, especially in professional life, you had to choose between family and career um, because that's what society tells us. And uh, I'm so, so proud that I am. Uh, I have this amazing business that's growing and it's, it's becoming successful. Um, and I am a mom as well. I'm a mom of two. I have two little girls and the youngest was born in April at the peak of lockdown. Mm. So that was very challenging. Mm. Um, but I'm, I just wanted to be both. I always wanted to be successful in business. And I also wanted to be a mother. And I never believed in the idea that although, you know, I kept being fed this idea that you have to choose because even though you you can be both you're gonna be pretty lame at one of them and uh, I just wanted to prove that that's not necessary um and what I realized is that yes I can't work as as long as someone without children would be able to um but it's also taught me how to prioritize how to become probably a better manager a better boss because I have to rely a lot more on my team and empower them to be a very active part in what we do and also to um to just focus on the strategic aspect of the business so it's i think it's created a nice environment as well for all the people around me um i've always been a very hands-on kind of person so i i like to be in control of every little mm. aspect and detail but i had to step back and and trust the the, the people i work with and it's been really really satisfying and empowering for 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 all of them so yeah and I mean I really hope that especially after this year we had we kind of get rid of the idea that to be successful you have to work 15 hours a day because that's not life I think actually the idea is that you know you are successful when you are not working 15 16 hours a day that's not success that's uh that's just uh, working insane hours. That's just silly. No. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. So now there are quite a few um, e-shops and, you know, e-commerce that hmm. sell sustainable you know, products. So how do you keep your business competitive? Uh, the idea, I think, is that, and that's also why we started um, Earthbit, is because when we embarked on our journey, and as you said, there's a there's quite a few people doing what we do, um, is that we always found the idea of sustainability came with a bit of elitism 
linked to it. So mm. products were very expensive. They were not easily accessible to people. And so we wanted to change that because as we discussed before, I believe the real change happens when we really get a lot of people on board with them. Um, with choosing better options for the for the environment and so we wanted to create products that were not only accessible to as many people as possible but also as affordable as possible and in order to do that we had to change the way we design them so for example for our own branded products we keep packaging to to a minimum uh, very simple it's it's sometimes just as simple as uh, as labels so that we can save costs on those things and then reflect those savings to the price of the product we offer without compromising the sustainability of the supply chain or the production process a product has to go through. So I think we are kind of unique in that sense because we are not trying to be necessarily the Instagram pretty product all the time. We just want it to be truly eco-friendly and truly accessible to people. So last but not least, do you have an advice for a business or an owner or someone that wants to start a business and want to create a sustainable business? Is there anything that you wish you knew when you started? Yes, study, study, study (laughs) and study again. Um, We, I, I now, whenever I have a free half hour I go online I am constantly uh, signing up for online classes or whatever is new that comes out um, and uh, because it takes it takes knowledge as well and it's you know be, becoming a successful business or, or a growing business takes a lot of grit a lot of a lot of dedication a lot of hard work but also you have to you know you have to learn to be ahead of your competitors or to at least uh, understand what they're doing right that you could kind of replicate in your own unique way so I think there's a lot of people that just think oh I've got a cool idea everybody Mm. will buy my products we live in a world where this there are so many businesses and it's you know it's very difficult to get people to pay attention so I feel constant improving, constant training, constant learning can really help. Not just in what products to choose for your business or what kind of business you want to set up, but uh, from marketing. I didn't know anything about marketing or SEO or, you know, all these things that were completely Mm -hmm. alien to me. And uh, we didn't have the budget to hire an agency. So I had to learn it myself and I would spend night after night after night uh, just studying and learning and then applying it to the business. And um, yes, so that's my biggest advice. Be humble, keep learning and uh, and keep going. Is there a mistake that you made that kind of turned your business around? A mistake? Uh, yes, there's many mistakes. <laughs> but we always look at mistakes as you know, mistakes are great. I always celebrate mistakes because I think it's it's a chance to stop and reflect and uh, and improve. So again, as I said, we had products that we thought were going to be successful and it was a very emotional um, process, the way we created them without really thinking w- what other people will 
will will think of this or is this really functional it, it looked really pretty but was it going to be functional and so you know there's a lot of considerations whenever you whenever you put a product out in the market and it's uh, you know and 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 listening to people so um we just had our idea we just you know marched on and we didn't really listen too much to um feedback at the beginning and that was a wake-up call because it didn't work out and we had to completely change a few things and uh, now one of the things we, we constantly do is to send surveys out to our customers and asking them what they think what 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 they would like us to change and we are always always listening to what uh, people tell us because mm. that's the way to to grow and to really develop as a as a successful business. Oh, amazing! Can you tell us where we can find Urbits? So Instagram and everything else. So uh, we are well, obviously our website it's www.earthbits.com. Uh, we are on Instagram at Earthbits uh, dash, and then we are on Facebook at Earthbits, um, and that's where you can find us. Amazing! Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for chatting with me. That was our interview with Fran. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks to Fran for her time. If you like this episode, please rate us and subscribe. It really helps. You can visit our website and follow us on Instagram at prettyslow.life and prettyslowlife on all of the platforms. Thank you and goodbye.